we're now at episode six of From Hot 22. Um, so just to give some context, we're recording this and it's uh, Thursday the 13th of May. So that's uh, that's a week after we had all of those, uh, those all out elections across the country. Um, it's a few days after Boris announced that um, we're all good to start hugging next week. So I'm looking forward to talking to my guest about uh, who's after hug. Um, and uh, for those of you that um, that picked it up last night, last it's the day after uh, Davina McCall lifted the lid on on the menopause. So that's all over social media this morning, and I'm sure there are quite a few people that were very interested in in what was said yesterday. So um, that's obviously concentrated my mind a bit. But um, anyway, so moving on um, today, I am welcoming Andrew Rizner, Um to Hut 22. So, hello, Andrew. Hello there, how are you? Good, thank you. Good, how are you? I'm really well, Paula. Lovely to be here. Good, thank you. Okay, nice to have you. So, I have introduced you, um, it is Andrew Risner, isn't it? That's how you, how you pronounce your surname? Yeah, very often people will say Risner, um, but it is Risner, yes. Okay, good. Right, well, that's a good start. Um, and um, aside from the odd kind of thing that I've encountered you on um, during Friends of Skiros over the last year, um, you're another guest that I know very little about and have never met in person. Aha, an enigma. An enigma, yes. I'm hoping to find out more. <laughs> so um, I suppose the first thing really is kind of the, the sort of, you know, the the theme that has gone through the podcast is trying to find out a little bit more about who you are, but also what your connection with Skiros is. Well, where do you want to begin? With who I am or my connection? Uh, <laughs> let's start with your connection. Well, my connection to Skiros goes back to about 1997, I think. Um, I'd, and I'd seen a documentary of really, there was a really weird ITV documentary about Skiros, and it looked really wacky to me at that time with people walking down the road towards the chapel singing and people staring into each other's eyes meaningfully in a <laughs> very old magic circle, which was just literally a circle of stones at that time. And people kind of eating outside on stone benches. And I thought, oh my God, who would go to a place like that? But I never forgot it. I, I never forgot it. And I always thought about it. And um, a few years later, I was in Kenwood, in Hampstead, Kenwood House, uh -huh. sitting on some um, green rolling hills, and I bumped into, um, oh, the name has gone, the name, Rochelle, Rochelle, who I used to be in an improv group with, but I didn't know that she worked in the Skiros office. Uh -huh. <laughs> we, we'd been okay. in, I think we'd been in an improv group together for about a year. And I never realised she ran the Skiros office in, in Chalk Farm at the time. And I was just, I, I'd just broken up with my girlfriend at the time and I was in a real state. And she said, oh, why do I do you go to Skiros? And she says, and I thought, yeah, maybe, maybe I should. She said, I'd book a room in the house if it's your first visit. And it was, a, I suppose it was mid-September. And a week later, I was out there. Wow. Um, and was I there for a week? I was there for two. I was there for two weeks. And I, again, I met some fantastic people. Um, I think one of the participants when I was there was Scylla Ellsworthy, who's gone back to facilitate. 
um, big work, big voice in um, uh, reconciliation and peace, and met a fabulous group of people. I did some incredible courses. Um, you, know, you know, when you look through a list, you always look at the one course you're never going to do. Yeah, yeah. What's happening here? Now, I'm guessing this is where you can hear me, but I can't hear you. Don't know what's happened to the connection. Okay, so we've just had a few technical problems, but I think um, I'm going to assume that we've got a way of patching together the, the what we what what you just said. Hopefully, <laughs> um, yes. Yeah, I think that's probably the best thing, um, rather than kind of going over it again. And um, um, I think probably what happened at the point where you were just starting to talk about your uh, your first experience there and the courses that you were choosing. Yeah, I'll start off with. Saying about the course I wouldn't choose, and then they should yeah. be able to stitch that together. <laughs> okay, yeah, go on, go for it. Tell us. Okay, that. so when you go to it seats uh, for the first time, you always look at all the courses and you decide on the one that you're never going to do because it's just just not you. And I looked down the list and I decided African dance was a course I was definitely not going to do. And then, of course, they do the course tasters, and you completely change your mind. <laughs> So this was the first time I met the incredible Hazel Carey and she got up and started demonstrating what she was going to be doing in African dance. And she just moved so freely and gloriously. I thought I have to do this. So I ended up in the magic circle with, I think, nine other people, mostly women, as usual. You know, there's always a, a disproportionate amount of people, females to male ratios on some of these courses. And it was brilliant. It just completely liberated me in the way I moved and the way I thought about movement. And you know this dance like nobody's watching? Yeah, yeah. It was completely experiencing that for the first time of moving like no one was watching. And this really came to kind of a culmination on the very last day where she invited us to step up and dance in front of the group without any music. <laughs> oh, on your own? <laughs> on your own, yeah. Um, which was an incredible experience to not worry or not care not care about anybody else, but just be in your own space, in your own mind, moving as a body is meant to move. Um, and another incredible course I did was with an amazing woman called Christian Darley, who unfortunately um, died a few years ago. She was from Lambda and she did a course about masks and we dealt with the four Greek archetypes. Mm -hmm. And that was wonderful as well. You know, stuff I'd never, ever done before. Then I remember singing up in the olive grove with Chris McLeod. And we had to sing out to the sea by ourselves. And, also, and singing was really one of my kids' heels and remained so for a long time. Um, and I can't remember what my fourth course was. Oh, it was windsurfing uh, <laughs> with Mark Gunston, where I kind of went on the first day, fell off 50 times, never went back. 
Um, but I, you know, I did everything else. I had my ecos group. I did my um, co-listening, and it's really funny because about seven years later, the person I co-listened with came back, and I was then facilitating. And it's kind of really nice to see them again. So that was my first year ex year's experience. And as usual, you really remain close with a group of about four or five people for a while. Um, but I always remember it as it was the holiday that you took home with you. Yeah. And it lasted for months. Uh -huh. it, that feeling lasted for months. And, the, you know, the reason I went was because I'd gone through this terrible breakup. I didn't even think about it while I was there. Didn't even, think, you know, didn't even, yeah. didn't even occur to me. And it was, it was just really healing to have a two-week break out of the country doing new stuff in a fantastic environment. And this was a time when there wasn't the new terrace, and we did sit on stone benches with a bamboo roof. That was the dining room. Oh, um, uh, you know the showers were pretty, pretty basic. Everything was pretty basic, but it was still incredible. You know, to see the sunset every evening, to be able to just jump in the sea off the steps. And I always knew I would go back. I always knew I would go back at some point. Okay. Um, and of course, so when, I, so when, yeah. When did you go back? I well, well, I eventually I went back in two thousand and one, and I was I just transitioned then out of my job. I was a commercial finance broker, and in ninety four, I'd done a workshop. I'd done a I completed a personal development workshop, and in that workshop, I decided that I want to leave um, finance and become a facilitator and lead personal development programs because I'd got so much out of this workshop I'd done I'd done in the UK and I'd kind of gone through my training I'd done lots of courses I want to go back to Skiros but if I went back I'm, I would want to run a course I didn't want to be a participant I'd be there thinking I want to run a course so I rang up Yanis and said mm -hmm. I'd like to run a course, please. And he said, well, send in all your paperwork. Send me in what you want to do. And I knew I wouldn't be able to translate what I wanted to do on a sheet of paper. So I said, can I come and see you? Because the office was only about 20 minutes away from where I lived. So I went down and had a chat with him. And I was there, I don't know, five, five months later in May of 2001. Okay, enterprising. That's the way to do it. That's yeah. You've got to ask. You know, one of the things I teach on my course is to ask, 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 ask. <laughs> <laughs> and you know what? You might you might get no, but if you get a no, you're no worse off than before because you didn't have anything before. At least you asked the question. Yeah. Okay. So, how did your first course go? My first course was incredible. I mean, I t it was really strange. I was at the Dorian Inn. You know how everyone meets at the Dorian Inn. Yeah. And I was sharing a room with a guy called Guy Claxton, who was also running a personal development course. He was a professor at the University of Bristol, I think. And I was very kind of, what was I, very sheepish being with this incredible, you know, I thought person, I thought, who am I to run a course? He's a professor, he's running his course. And he just casually slipped in, what's your second course? I thought, pardon? <laughs> well, no one mentioned the second course. I'm doing How to Have Your Best River, that's it. So in that evening, I thought, what am I going to do for a second course? And I thought, okay, well, I'm a stand-up for me. You know, I've spent three years doing stand-up. You know, I've spent four years doing comedy improvisation. I'll run a comedy improvisation course. <laughs> um, and actually, I never had to run a second course because of the amount of people there, but I did slip some of the comedy improvisation into my best year ever course. Um, so I kind of had something there, but I, 
until that moment, I never even thought I had to do one. Um, so my first course um, went really well. I brought with me a whole suitcase full of all my notes and everything. <laughs> and each night I would go through piles of books. Think, what am I gonna do? What's going to happen tomorrow? Um, it went really well. Um, had a fantastic group of people. And um, in fact, one couple, one couple got married. Oh, my goodness. Who, who met on it. Um, got married. Um, had a couple of kids. Sad, sadly, they're not together anymore, but the marriage lasted quite a while. Um, one person left. They, one person was a producer on the Graham Norton show, and she left to become an NHS psychologist. Um, one person became a yoga teacher because of you know, the yoga that they'd done there and made the decision on the course. That's what they wanted to do. And it was really, really successful. Okay. Um, okay. So which so, meant I was invited back to come back the next year. Okay. Well, I'm quite intrigued. So... Uh, so the two occasions I've been, Michael uh, references the fact that people um, sometimes go to Skiros and come back as, uh, you know, having found a spouse. And uh, and I do definitely remember the second time when he said that you could literally see people scanning the magic circle mm. thinking, <laughs> who will it be? So it actually happens. I've been there several times. Um, I know another couple that met there. They're still together living in um, Findhorn. They moved up Findhorn. He was a doctor. She was a lawyer. Um, that was, oh, 20, that must have been 18 years ago. They're still together. I know another couple, and you know, I can't remember, the Irish couple who met there. It was on a session when I was actually at the Skiros Centre and they were at, at Seatsa. I, I think probably four or five couples I'm aware of have met there. So it's not myth then. <laughs> oh, it's definitely not a myth. <laughs> so, um, so you've taught at both centres, and um, so have you been? What do you? You've been there every year, or what's what's happened? I've been there every year apart from last year. Okay. Um, sorry, no, last year no one went. The year before, yeah. sorry, a bit for, since two thousand and one. So I think it's about 18, 19 years. Oh, my goodness. See, you, you definitely are a regular. <laughs> yes, yes. I, I, every year I say this is going to be my last year. Yeah. And then after, oh no, I've got to go back. Got to go back, yeah. Yeah. So you always go as a, as a tutor you always, uh, or a facilitator. You always offer something. I'm always there as a facilitator, but I have been there just for a week's holiday as well before I facilitated. Uh-huh. And that's okay. lovely as well, just yeah. to be able to not be tied down to a timetable because you know, when you're on holiday, you're on holiday. When you're facilitating, obviously you have a timetable. You need to be placed certain places at certain times, your courses and meetings. But, yeah. oh, no, to be there on holiday is beautiful. Yeah. It's not a bad place for a working holiday either, though. Oh, my gosh. No, no. I mean, it's <laughs> incredible. Sorry. It's incredible to work there. Absolutely. It's my favourite place to work. Yeah. And I've worked, uh, you know, two or three of the other well-known centres as well, you know, in Spain and in Italy. But I mean, everyone that works at the other centres always says that no, Seats or Skira Centre is the place to work. It's the place to work. So you talked about um, having um, a career change, kind of when you first went, or, or kind of around then. So is that what you now do? Is that is that who you are and what you do? That's who I am now, and my work is split between one to one coaching, um, mainly people in business. Um, I do a few kind of life life coaching sessions with people. Um, I do a bit of hypnotherapy, just specifically around phobias. And the rest is um, working, uh, doing communication and team development and self-esteem programs in business. 
Okay, so quite a portfolio. Yeah, I mean, it's, I suppose I've, it's spread over the years as I've kind of de developed myself. I mean, obviously, communication and presentation skills is something I love doing, but that kind of then tends into communication outside of an audience to within the group itself. Okay. And then working with, with groups of people to help them communicate with each other better. Okay. And you work for yourself? You've got your own I work for myself. It's my own business. Just me. Mm -hmm. Occasionally, I, 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 in fact, I have done other work for other organisations. I've, I've brought in Skiros people to help me run those events. Oh, okay. Okay. So it sounds like um, if it wasn't necessarily life-changing totally it's clearly skiros has had a huge impact on uh your personal and your professional life oh gosh yes i mean it's it, i mean it has been life-changing in some respects and you know I, I mentioned earlier about singing i used to be tight you know all my work is about having confidence mm -hmm. but the one thing i was never confident about was singing <laughs> by myself i could sing in a group of people that wouldn't bother me at all yeah um and I remember being up in the bar my second time there with Tom Robinson, oh. um, who was directing. Yeah. And he had his guitar out and he was had the whole song book of songs. And he was just passing it around. And I think it was on the first first night, really getting every, everyone bonding together. And he passed this song book to me. He says, can you start off the next one? And I just wanted to throw up. <laughs> I just really, if I could have done, if I could have run away, I would have run away. But I was about to tell everyone next year, I was about running this course on how to have your best year and face your fears and do the things you, you're scared about. Yeah. And, I, and I couldn't then say, well, no, I'm a little bit scared. <laughs> so, so I just had to. And I suppose that was the beginning. Then I started doing work with Sarah when she was there, Sarah Warwick. Yeah. And from being absolutely terrified and feeling sick I you know I ended up running music evenings and so it's kind of now I've you know I've joined choirs in the last few years and while I still feel a bit nervous mm -hmm. <laughs> I do it and I enjoy it yeah well yeah a few nerves are healthy apparently yeah oh no you have to have the nerves you have yeah. to have the nerves I am so envious of your uh, your time with Tom Robinson growing up in the kind of late 80s he was my absolute hero oh. um i love that man well, a bit. Well, anyone that was there in the tom robinson years will tell you they were just the most fantastic sessions oh, I bet. um yeah. i learned so you know i've directed a few times myself i learned so much about how to be a really good director from tom robinson okay. he, he would always just stand up at that opening meeting and say allow yourselves to be skeptical and he gave permission for people to be sceptical, because a lot of people are when they first arrive. Yeah. And yeah. he would always do the most incredible concert at the end. Oh, wow. Oh, would, so envious. Yeah. Him. Oh, well, I'm quite gutted that last year I was due to go to his, uh, it was his 70th um, birthday tour last year, which was obviously cancelled. Um, his 71st birthday tour has been cancelled this year, which is equally gutting, but um yeah i've seen a few i've been to quite a few tom robinson gigs over the years and he's got a connection with cambridge um so he's always been quite cool in terms of supporting you know charities and fundraisers mm. that kind of thing but yeah to have actually spent some time with him would be oh. super cool yeah. wonderful man one and his wife mm. too as well just a lovely family lovely person great skiros kind of alumni director oh 
yeah no that sounds that's yeah <laughs> okay so um so moving on then to what's happened so obviously last year we weren't able to go uh francis Giros has kind of taken off and just exploded um you've been really quite actively involved in quite a few few of those things haven't you the quizzes um I've, well i've done the quizzes i've been doing the best year ever the mini workshops i can't remember what else i've done i'm directing of course directing um three or four times now attending other people's courses yeah it's just a shame there hasn't been time to do everything i want to do uh, <laughs> it's like being back on the island again isn't it when you yeah. see what the offer is <laughs> yes yeah, so i'd like to do that but I, I, I I'm, I'm doing something at two o'clock that afternoon and that evening i've got to make dinner for the kids i can't just stop yeah <laughs> yeah it's great when it's recorded isn't it definitely oh yes i've loved going back on some of the recordings it's been really good yeah so how has um how's lockdown affected you because i know that you've had a significant event haven't you during the last year yeah i mean i've i've, I've gone through every major life event in the last year it's been quite odd um first thing well a got married during lockdown that was really hairy oh my god i never want to have to go through anything like that again where you know it's bad enough trying to plan a wedding in normal times of but course. when you have no idea how many people you can invite <laughs> and it changes from one moment to the next and then the night before the wedding you you find that your stepdaughter may have covid <laughs> and you have to get a test done in 3 hours otherwise the whole thing's off oh my goodness it was i can't <laughs> We got married on the Tuesday, Tuesday yeah. morning, that's right, Sunday evening, we get a text message saying your stepdaughter has been um, close to someone that's got COVID. Oh. <laughs> so, so this is Sunday night. Yeah. I think, well, we, we've got to get a test tomorrow morning and know by midday. Otherwise, we have to call everything off. Oh. And there's no way you can get a test with the result back in two hours. <laughs> Well, and eventually I found a clinic in London. They they charge £550 for a test. Oh, my goodness. Oh. So, so I got Fiona and Daisy in a cab in an Uber at 8 o'clock in the morning, sent them down there. Yeah. They were queuing outside because they were full up. You couldn't book an appointment. I yeah. said, just just sell, sell, them, sell them the story that we're getting married. And unless Daisy has a negative test, we can't get married. So they did that, and Fiona said, you know, where do I pay? And they said, no, we're not going to charge you. Have it as a wedding present. Oh! Yeah. Oh, how lovely. <laughs> we were, all of us were crying our eyes out, oh. and, the, and the wedding could go ahead. Oh. Um, so, You got yeah, married. Congratulations. Got married. And then a few weeks ago, moved house. Oh. <laughs> like you do. Well, and again, all this stuff happened during proper lockdown. Yeah. Um. So I got that all organised as well. So it's been challenging, but it's amazing what you can do if you just say, right, let's, fi let's find a way to do it. Mm. You know, everything's conspiring to say you can't do it, but let's, let's find the solution rather than look at the problem. Mm. Yeah, that's, that's a, good, yeah, a good way of looking at it. Because I think lots of things have been, you know, rescheduled, cancelled, postponed. And actually, at some point, they have to happen, don't they? Yeah. And in, in fact, having a lockdown wedding was probably the best way to do it. Okay. Because <laughs> it really focused you on who who, who are you going to invite. Yeah. <laughs> um, we were able to do it in two sections, three sections, a service, a tea, and a, and, a, and a meal in the evening. Okay. So we could then kind of split all our friends and relatives into those blocks. Right. 
So it kind of all worked out really well. It was really intimate. We would, we could actually speak to the people, spend time yeah. with them. Yeah. It, it probably worked out much better than having a wedding yeah. in, in in normal times when everyone is there and yeah, and you, you just get a, you get yeah. lost. Yeah, yeah, your face hurts from smiling. Yeah. And, and plus, you know, we could then let everyone else. We had about 150 people watching on Zoom. Oh, wow, <laughs> a Zoom wedding, brilliant. Yeah. <laughs> I, I found out if so, if you have people working at the wedding, they weren't counted as guests. Ah, okay. So I, had, so I had someone being the camera operator, someone being the microphone holder, and they were all classified as workers. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, that was way around everything, isn't it? There's, there's, there's a solution yeah. to everything. Yeah. yeah. So apart from the kind of, you know, the life-changing events um, over the last year, how has the last year been for you? To kind of, has it been professionally and, and what have um, you learned? Well, professionally, it's been really tough for the first six months, just sorting out how am I going to work differently. Mm. And then it's kind of we started working, you know, on Zoom and virtually. Um, you know, doing the trainings on Zoom and the coaching on Zoom. Um, so it certainly wasn't as busy as it normally would have been, mm. but we kind of got through it. It was, it was tough for Fiona having to teach virtually. Okay. That was really, really tough. But mm. in fact, I, I have to say quite guilty. I enjoyed it. <laughs> <laughs> Am I the only one that's saying that? I quite quite enjoyed that, you know, being on the year retreat. (laughs) As we looked at it, you know, we thought this is our retreat for the year. Um, But however, I was fortunate that I was in a a house of four people. I wasn't by my, I think if I'd been by myself, I wouldn't have coped. Okay. I think I would have found it very difficult to be by myself, not being able to be with people. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you would have coped, but in a different way. Yeah. 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 It's bit, it, it's interesting, isn't it? Because I think reflecting now, I kind of wish I, you know, if you'd known it was coming, you know, if you'd known that actually you're going to have a year where actually you can spend a bit more time kind of thinking about yourself and, and being a bit more selfish, I might have planned it. <laughs> I might have done something a bit different. <laughs> yeah, it's been interesting. Well, if we were told actually for the next year, you're going to be by yourself. Mm. you can only see two people outside mm. what are you gonna do yeah well, yeah and and in a way I suppose the flip side of that for me is that you know I am the queen of writing a list um <sighs> you know, I am I will have a list about lists and so I would have set myself up to fail quite clearly I would have had a <laughs> list that could not been a you know no way would I have achieved all the things that I would have liked you see it's your best year ever we have a list of things not to do Ah, okay. So of course, I need to do. <laughs> yeah, you see, you have a list of things not to do, run things, list you things you have to do. Uh, okay, I'm writing that down already. <laughs> <laughs> and when can I do this course? Uh, August, hopefully. Okay. Okay. Right, so well, again, like there. everyone else, we're just waiting now to find out is travel going to be okay? Yeah. So you're talking about doing it in August in uh, at Sitzer. Um, or am I doing? Yes. Do you know what? I can't even remember. I can't even remember now what course I'm doing. <laughs> am I doing it? I don't think I am. I don't think I'm doing it. I'll find a way of doing some of this year. But I think I'm down to do my coffee cup coaching and teaching my magic close-up course, which I've not done for years. Okay. Coffee cup coaching and... And wow. close-up magic, yeah. So I used to be a member of the Magic Circle years ago. And... I, and 
I used to do little tricks in the bar, and if people remember Pete Webb from the early years, um, he said, why don't you teach a magic course? I said, I'm not going to teach everyone my magic tricks. <laughs> it's taken me years to learn these. And I, I decided, well, why not? So I, he persuaded me to do a close-up magic course, and I did it for a few years, and then it kind of seemed to stop. But I taught people brilliant tricks, especially oh. especially the teachers, kind of tricks they could use in the classroom as metaphors. Okay. Yeah. And, it, and it was all about the performance and the storytelling rather than being a smart ass saying, look what I can do. You're stupid. You don't know how it's done. It was the complete, it was more about the psychology of magic and how it works and how we misdirect uh -huh. as well as learning some, you know, three or four really good magic tricks that um, I, I use in my own kind of, would use in my own performance. Okay. Well, there's clearly many, many strings to your bow, isn't there? Definitely. Yeah. Wow. Jack of all trades, master oh. of them all. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, I believe it. I'm sold totally. Yeah. I need to come on one of your courses, I'm sure. Um, yeah, that would be really good. And it would be great, wouldn't it, to think that, you know, there is the possibility we may get to travel at some point this year. And, oh, God, I hope so. Uh, I'd get to a Greek island with a bit of luck. Wouldn't it be nice? <laughs> I, I, just, just a change of environment. <laughs> mm, I know. Yeah, a change of the four walls, isn't it? Yeah. 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 To see the sea, to to smell, to smell the pine. Mm, yeah. Yeah. To get, you know, I, I long to be kept awake by cicadas. <laughs> I never thought I'd say that. Or woken up by a really annoying owl. Yeah. <laughs> or a loud goat. Yeah. Yes, or a loud yeah. goat. <laughs> Yeah, it's, it has literally just started raining as we've been talking about going there. So, yeah. So, um, so I said I would ask you. Um, so, some of the restrictions are looking to to be uh, lessened next week, and one of the things that we can do is is start hugging um, people. So, who who's in line for the first Andrew Visner hug? My dad. Oh. Yeah. Um. One, one of the other things I got to do is get got my dad to move house as well. Um. Because he he lives about an hour and a half away from me. Okay. And I've seen you know I've seen him a lot, yeah. been in the same room, but I've not actually hugged him. Oh. And he really he's really desperate for a hug. Oh, that'll be magic. So that would be, be really nice. And I've got a few friends that you know I. It's very you have this conversation and you say goodbye and it doesn't doesn't feel complete without the hug. No. If, yeah, it's very awkward, isn't it? Yeah, definitely. Mm. <laughs> I've, ne I've never been a shaking hand sort of person. Okay. <laughs> and um, uh, so what I haven't asked you is that you said you said your dad's an hour and a half away from you, but where are you? Where are you in the UK? Well, he's now he's now literally five hundred yards away, but I'm in Borehamwood in Hertfordshire. Okay. Oh. So, so I used to live in Hendon in northwest London. Yeah. And now have permanently moved here outside i kind of feel quite a uh, lot saying i don't live in london anymore but harvard is lovely it's it's quieter it's a bit more peaceful um and you know we're all together you know I, it's all very well living in london but the, it's the congestion the noise the, the traffic mm. i mean i'm not, not not living in the boondocks or anything but it does feel a bit different just living 15 minutes only 15 minutes away okay Oh, okay. Yeah, I didn't know that. So yeah, I'm I'm in Cambridge, so uh, it's not a million miles away from Hertfordshire, mm. but yeah, 
yeah so i know i was thinking the other day i've got a friend that i meet probably we, we aim to meet at least twice a year um and we first met in australia when we were traveling um and london is our go-to and i was just thinking i can't quite imagine it i can't quite imagine getting a train anymore and and uh yeah, doing the the cultural stuff that we would always do, but oh, I can't. I've got my tickets but already booked to. for for the, for the theatre in June. Have That's you? the one thing I've really missed. I would go at least once or twice a month. Okay, but I've and not what been. Are you going in... to see? I'm going to see. That's a really good play. I'm going to see Under Milkwood. Uh-huh. Uh huh. With um, oh, who's the Welsh actor? Plays prime ministers and things. I can't oh. think of his name. Um, boom, 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 boom. Did a did a, oh, if I can see him in front of me, and another play as well, which I can't can't even remember the name. All I know is I just wanted to go and see something. Okay. Well, it sounds like you suffer from a bit of menopausal fog as well. Oh, God, don't, don't, my, don't even talk about what's happened to my memory this year. <laughs> I'm using it as my go-to excuse for everything now. So um, just to kind of uh, kind of conclude, I have a couple of questions which uh, my, I've been referring to them as my wicked questions, so I'm not sure they necessarily are. Oh, I like a wicked question. <laughs> so, um, so you started talking at the beginning about your experience of um, being on the dance floor. Yes. So which song is going to get you um, on the dance floor in the bar at, at Sitzer? Oh, um. I think it's always dancing in the moonlight, isn't it? That's the it's it's a song that always gets you up. Yeah. Uh, as well as um. Oh, I've got uh, I've got a feeling. Who sings? I've got a feeling. Um, Will I am? I've got a feeling. Ooh, ooh, that one. That that would always get me up on the dance floor. Okay, that's good. So you so you're not going to be resistant to to a bit of a boogie. I'm never resistant to a bit of a boogie. Yeah, it's good. And then my other question is that um, uh, we, we've we upgraded the bar at Sitzer. So now um, you can have whatever you want, whichever, you know, choice of poison. Um, so you, you get to the bar. First question is, what cocktail are you going to choose? And secondly, who are you going to watch the sunset the sun going down with? Oh, well, let's be honest here. The cocktails at Ad Sitzer aren't really the things to write home. I mean, you know, we, no. we have a mojito made with lemons. Um, so I would go for Metaxa and Diet Coke. Oh, okay. So yeah. I'm going to go for a, a spirit rather than a cocktail. Okay. Yeah, that sounds good. Good combo. And, and also, you know, my famous, I want, you know, no one ever sees me without a Diet Coke. And I have my Diet Coke as well in my big, tall glass with lots of ice. Uh-huh. And who's, who are you sitting with as the sun goes down? I think, well, this year it's going to be my lovely wife who's coming uh-huh. with me. Thanks. I've always wanted to be with, there with someone really, really special. Yeah. How, but. If Fiona can't make it, then it's got to be my one of my oldest Skiros friends, Sarah Warwick. I'd have to be sitting there with her playing a guitar, watching the sunset. Oh, oh, that just sounds perfect. Well, I really hope that you know that gets you know 
I can't promise the change in the. the, the I want a promise. Uh, <laughs> can't change the the cocktails, but um, I, yeah, I think that just sounds that sounds idyllic. So, um, I, yeah, hope it happens. So do I. So do I. Lovely. I think if we already think positively, something will happen. Yeah. Something will happen. At least I'd yeah. like to think it would. Yeah, definitely. Well, thank you so much for your time today, Andrew. That's been that's been so lovely. Really nice to get. To My know. pleasure. Thanks for asking me, Paula. That's been good, and I hope, um, yeah, hope one day we get to to catch up in person. That would be good. That's the other thing is I've met all these people now through Friends of Skills. Thinking, when am I now going to meet you? I know. <laughs> <laughs> I know, and I was saying this the other day that um, probably to the wrong person, but I was saying that. I feel slightly more connected with the people that I've been doing morning meditation with and improv comedy than I do with some of my, you know, long-term friends. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I do need to see them. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, thank you so much. Um, my pleasure. Enjoy the rest of your day. You too, Paula. Lovely to speak to you. Take care. Bye. Bye.